So John, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to God's will, God hears us. And we know that God, and if we know that God hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of God. When I was seven, I really wanted a Barbie townhouse. You guys have a picture of that? The Barbie townhouse for me? <laughs> yeah, it was the coolest toy I ever saw in my life. My best friend, Angie Jo Giacoma, had every single Barbie accessory that there was in the world, it seemed like. She lived a block away from me. She was my best friend. And I would go over there whenever I could, and we would play for hours. Angie Jo was amazing. First of all, she had an awesome first name. And then secondly, she had the best smile cute freckles, and wavy red hair. And she was so much fun to be around. I loved her parents, too, who always made me feel so welcome and were always so nice. Well, when the Barbie townhouse came out, I really wanted one for my own. I didn't want to, you know, I, yeah, I play with Angie Joes, but I wanted one for myself. And uh, in Sunday school, we would, you know, I had always heard this, this verse, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. So I knew I had that Barbie townhouse in the bag as long as I prayed for it. So I prayed. I dropped subtle hints. I, uh, not so subtle hints, kept talking about that Barbie townhouse. And I just knew that come my birthday, I was going to have it. Well, my birthday came and went. Christmas came and went. But alas, no Barbie townhouse and I was devastated. You know, I've never gotten over it, so let that be a lesson to you parents. You better get your kids whatever it is they want or else they'll be scarred for life and never amount to anything. So um, I was just wondering, it got me to thinking when we were talking about this prayer and like we asked before in the, in the meet and greet question, do you remember the first time you sincerely prayed for something? Was it for a possession? Was it for someone to love you? Was it for a job? Was it for the room to stop spinning when you've had way too much to drink? I don't know anything about that one. I just heard that sometimes that happens. <laughs> a few years after my Barbie townhouse debacle, my friend Herbie drowned. He was like the big brother I never had. I was the oldest in my family, and I always wanted a big brother. And so Herbie was that. Um, I couldn't wrap my mind around his death. Couldn't understand it. It was the first time I realized that someone young could die. It was also the first time that I saw my dad cry. It was devastating and terrifying. Then I remembered the story of Lazarus and how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So I was like, oh, I know what to do. I'm going to pray. I prayed for God to raise him from the dead. 
at the funeral, I remember I kept looking at the casket, waiting for him to sit up, which is sort of creepy, but I was waiting for him to sit up and, you know, like, I just knew that that was going to happen and never did. When he wasn't resurrected, I decided that prayer really didn't matter. It didn't really work. But I was too scared to stop praying because if things like that were happening when I prayed, imagine what would happen if I stopped praying. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to God's will, God hears us. More years passed, and I kept praying, out of habit, out of fear, out of desperation. I had some prayers answered and some prayers seemingly denied. Yes, I went to church, I sang about God's love and power, and sometimes I felt it. But looking back at that period of my life, I didn't really trust God. Oh, I believed in God, but I didn't trust God. I didn't think that God was on my side. I started to rationalize that if I was good, then my prayers would be answered. I tried to be perfect and always failed miserably. And deep down, I feared that I didn't deserve to have anything good happen because I wasn't really a good person. Can any of you relate to that? Do you try to be good so that your prayers can be answered? Has there been a time when you decided that God doesn't exist? Has there been a time when you just felt like God wasn't working for you? And perhaps you're questioning whether there is even a God listening. And I get it. I've been there many times because sometimes I would just look to God as my personal genie. For so long, I looked at prayer as something that I did because I needed something. And in moments of desperation, I thought maybe I could trick God into answering my prayers. I started to pray by numbers. Have you ever done this, right? First, I would butter God up with compliments. Second, I would play the humility card, you know, where I'd confess my sins and talk about how bad I was. Third, I would play the love card, you know, tell God how much I love him, followed by more compliments and thank yous. Fourth, pray for somebody else so you don't seem selfish. <laughs> Fifth, you get to the good stuff and vomit up whatever requests you have. Then sixth, you throw in a thank you in advance, drench with a few more praises, and then you cap it off with the holy number seven in the name of Jesus, and poof, you have prayed the perfect prayer. Amen. Amen. <laughs> never did I see prayer as a conversation. I never considered God as a friend. I did not realize that that prayer was a way to fellowship, to commune, to have a relationship with God. Maybe you all knew this a long time ago, but I was well into adulthood before I understood this. You see, in my formative years, God was a God of retribution and vengeance. 
Yes, we were taught that God is love, but that love had limits. And if you ticked off God by doing something wrong, you'd be sorry. How many of you were here a few weeks ago when Jonathan preached on working out our salvation with fear and trembling? (laughs) Boy, I wish I had heard that message as a child. For those who weren't here, shame on you. (laughs) And for those who need to know that, I mean, this is the gist of the message. That the more accurate translation of that scripture is to work out our salvation with reverence, awe, and profound expectation. That's good stuff. I grew up afraid of God, trapped by many years of bad theology. And then one day, my sister told me about a church that had a pastor with a message of love and acceptance where you feel like the pastor is talking directly to you. So I went to First Baptist Church of Crown Heights and heard Reverend Clarence Norman Sr. preach, and that was where the seed of a God of love was planted and grown. (laughs) I know you thought I was going to say forefront, right? (laughs) I'll get to that soon. (laughs) Each Sunday, Reverend Norman would preach about God's love. His philosophy was that the world beats up on us enough during the week that we need to be built up when we come to church on Sunday. After hearing his messages, I started to believe that God was not only in me, God was with me, and God was for me. And my relationship with God took on a whole new dimension. I started to enjoy my conversations with God, I mean, don't get me wrong, I didn't go all Joan of Arc and hear God's voice audibly. (laughs) This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to God's will, God hears us. So, how do we know when our prayer is in God's will? How do we pray when there's something we really want or don't want that may not be in God's will? How do we pray when we don't know what the person you're praying for needs, when we don't know what we need? Perhaps the key is to let go of the Santa Claus mentality. God is not making a list and checking it twice before considering your prayer, nor does God need buttering up. What if God isn't going to give you that Barbie dream house? What if God isn't going to give you your adult dream house? What if the thing you feared most comes to fruition? Will you still pray? What if something good happens even though you did something wrong? I think it's time to look at prayer differently. And how many of you tuned into Jonathan's sermon last week? Did you raise your hand? I, I hope you did at home. I got a little chuckle thinking that maybe some people would raise their hands. I really hope that you heard that message, too. And anyway, last week, he talked about how just the act of praying changes the chemistry in your brain, that the thalamus stops being binary, and that part of your brain, the part of your brain that divides and puts everything into categories, actually stops trying to create so much certainty and ends up strengthening the rest of the brain. 
And here's where discernment comes in. We stop seeing in simply black or white, right or wrong. We start seeing God working through every area of our life. Rick Warren defines discernment like this. Discernment is the growing prayerful ability to recognize and respond to the presence of Christ in all things big and small. So how is prayer responding to God's presence in all things? In a few minutes, we're going to practice prayer. And I'm sure this may bring a little anxiety to some of you. Prayer can be intimidating when we make it too complicated. We freeze up and don't know what to say. Let me let you in on a little secret. You don't have to know what to say. You can just say whatever is on your mind. I know it sounds simple, but why do we sometimes struggle with it? I think it's because we forget that God's presence is everywhere and that we can pray anytime, anywhere. That's right, we can pray about anything. When you wake in the morning, whether you think to yourself, God, I'm so tired, or whether you say, thank you, Lord, for another day, that's a prayer. When your child gets on your last nerve and you pray for the strength not to lose it, that's a prayer. And when that same child reaches up to hold your hand or touch your cheek and your heart just swells till it feels like it's going to burst, and you say, thank you, that's a prayer. Whether or not you realize it, you've been praying a lot. And I would like to encourage you to start praying actively. How do you do that? Just try checking with God throughout the day. Try telling God, good morning. Or thank God for making it to work on time. Prayerfully, we'll be able to do that again soon. Or, hey God, I need your help, is a prayer. So is, Lord, what should I do? You don't need flowery language or to say something profound. Just open your heart, be honest, and talk to God. Share your fears, show your flaws, tell God about your victories. Eventually, it will become easier to find the words. And each time you pray, you usher in God's presence. There are many ways that we can feel God's presence, and one of the ways is we feel God's presence as a friend. You remember my prayer by numbers earlier. Have you ever in your life Talk to a friend like that. Had a conversation with a friend like that. Dear friend, thank you so much for being my friend. You're terrific. Can I borrow $50? <laughs> and then you don't talk to them again until the next time you need some money. Well, I hope not. And when you pray, I hope that you remember that God is your friend. Don't treat God like your personal genie or Santa Claus who you only talk to when you need something. Like I said before, talk to God daily. 
and just not about something that you need. Yes, you can talk about needs, but that shouldn't be your only impetus for praying. I'm constantly talking to God. Just little conversations, random thoughts. I like to check in a lot. When something good happens, I send up a word of thanks. When I'm not sure about something, I ask for guidance. When something frustrates me, when I need an attitude adjustment, when I feel guilty about something I did, I check in with my friend Jesus. And you know what happens? I feel less alone. Um, This is hard for me to admit. Uh, I struggle with anxiety, and there's nothing wrong with that. Lots of people have the same struggle. But what's embarrassing for me is that my anxiety is usually expressed in anger. My first reaction to any situation, any adverse situation, no matter how small it is, I get angry. Sometimes I'm able to keep it in check, but it's always just below the surface threatening to bubble up. I find that when I haven't been praying, it gets harder to manage. In fact, while writing the sermon, I started to get frustrated. I started to question my abilities. Who am I to preach about this? What was I thinking? What was Jonathan thinking? Thank you, Jonathan. You know, I could, I, you know, I could just feel it bubbling up. So you know what I did? Yep, I started drinking. <laughs> no, no, I... Actually, no, I didn't. I closed the laptop, and I prayed. God, please help me. Why am I so scared? What is it you want me to say? How can I reach someone who really needs to hear a word from you? Why are things so crazy right now? Is is this whole thing happening because Trump is president? (laughs) Is my daughter going to be okay? How will we pay our mortgage if this keeps up? Are things ever going to return to normal? Help us, God. Help us heal. Help us to trust you. Be with us. And I started to calm down. The weight in my chest started to ease, and I I don't know how to describe it, um, but when I pray, I... I like I do I feel my my like a space like my brain expand I do feel that and I just feel an energy surrounded me and I'm comforted and grounded and open We can feel God's presence in the silence too So when you pray after you've voiced what's in your heart take a pause Listen, be still, be open, be willing to step into uncharted territory, to step out of your comfort zone and embrace the unknown. Wait, wait. Prayer is a conversation where we can voice our fears and frustrations, desires, where we can celebrate our victories and express gratitude for blessings. But if we don't stop and listen, we're not having a conversation. We're just doing a monologue. In our silence, the conversation begins. So... 
How do we hear God answer? For me, it's more of a feeling. It's a, a whisper, a release. It may be an aha moment that comes to me several days, months, or even years later in the form of a person or an unexpected opportunity. Sometimes the answer is thrilling and sometimes it's painful and disappointing. Now what? What do we do when we don't get the answer we want or even worse, when we hear nothing at all? Well, we can feel God's presence even when we're in doubt. From time to time, members have come to me and said they have to step away from serving because they are struggling with something. And I, I get that. I absolutely advocate taking time to heal or deal with the situation. But I also firmly believe that when you're going through something, that is the time to lean in to embrace your commitment to service even more. I mean, look at, we could have canceled service altogether when the roulette had to close its doors, but we knew that there was a need for Sunday service more than ever. So when you're scared, unsure, even angry, nothing helps more than prayer. We can feel God's presence in times of grief. How do we find peace in time of difficulty and grief? You guessed it, prayer. On August 2nd, 2013, I went to Macy's with my brother to pick up a suit we bought and altered for my wedding. My hubby-to-be one of my sisters as well met us there, and we spent a few hours, you know, buying odds and ends, cracking jokes, and making plans for the wedding, which was a week away. We said goodbye at the end of the night, and we went our separate ways. The next day, I received a call from my sister-in-law, who was hysterical. She told me my brother was dead. and the shock and pain was unbearable. I fell to the ground and all I could say was please God over and over. And at that moment, crumpled on the floor, crying uncontrollably, I could feel God's presence. My fiance laid on the floor next to me, locked eyes with me, held me and said, babe, let's pray. And later when my sister and I had to tell our parents over the phone what happened, my father prayed and God's presence surrounded our family. And that presence carried my family through the dark days that followed. And we were able to survive the loss of our beloved sea. Only son, only brother. We prayed as the casket closed. And we said goodbye for now. And the day after his funeral, we gathered for a wedding. We prayed and God's 
presence blessed our marriage. As I started writing this sermon, I asked my husband for thoughts on discernment. And he said, discernment is development of a third eye that looks to God for an answer. We just have to be open to the way God answers. He said that adversity humbles us and strengthens us. And it got me to thinking, yes, it humbles and strengthens. It breaks and restores. It disorients and redirects. So how do we get past the humiliation and find the strength? By surviving. By just waking up each morning and getting out of bed, just surviving is the answer to prayer. The answer is in the waiting. The answer is in the surviving. In saying yes, even when the thing you feared most has happened. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that it's God's will for people to go through terrible things. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think one of the top questions people ask, want to ask God when they get to heaven is, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why do bad things happen at all? I mean, have you ever asked that? I know I have many times, and I still don't have the answer. But I do take some solace in Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to God's purpose. At first glance, I took this to mean that everything works for the good of people who love God. But after digging deeper and experiencing adversity from folks who clearly did not have my well-being in mind, I realized I missed a key part of this message. That God causes all things to work together. So yes, bad things happen, but God is actively working to provide you with everything you need to make it through. And the comfort, the communion, the strength to pass on, to press on, comes through prayer. When I first came to Forefront, I was still reeling from the loss of my brother, followed by a few years of turmoil. I was broken, but I had hope. I was hurting, but I had joy. I had so many questions, but I trusted God. I was introduced to a young preacher who watered the flower of grace that Reverend Norman had planted. Yeah, Jonathan helped that to grow. He challenged me to let it grow wild. God became limitless. Did the loss and struggle hurt? Yeah, absolutely. Did the questions get answered? Not really. After all, we say it all the time, we're more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. And you know what? That's more than okay. I have learned to embrace the uncertainty 
to accept the unknown and to truly walk by faith and not by sight. And now, almost seven years later, I have the privilege of leading worship here. I get to share the love that has been shared with me. When Jonathan first asked me to preach, I told him no. I didn't feel equipped to preach. I was scared and intimidated. I told him I should just focus on the music for service because that's where I feel comfortable. And then right after telling him no, Rachel sent me this link to a song. It's one, that she, one of the ones that she ended up singing last Sunday called Open Space. And as soon as I started listening to it, I could feel God working on me. And by the time I made it to the chorus, I was in tears. Big surprise, right? I never cry. The chorus says, my heart is an open space for you to come and have your way. I'm open. I'm open. And with that, I agreed to be open and let God give me the words to say to you today. Yeah, the answer's in prayer. The answer to prayer is in the waiting, in the going on, in spite of the pain. The answer to prayer is being open and letting God work through you in spite of, or better yet, because of your shortcomings and insecurities. The answer to prayer is not about what you receive, but how you choose to listen and what you choose to give in return for that answer. Yes, God may not give you that Barbie townhouse or that job you wanted or that person you thought was perfect for you may turn out to be a big fraud. God will provide you with what you need. And through prayer, we can deal with the answer. We can walk by faith and not by sight. We can discern that God's will we can discern what God's will is because we are actively talking with God and letting God guide us. So this morning, we're going to switch up the order of service a little bit. I'm going to ask Rachel to come back and sing Open Space. And during this song, I invite you to post your prayer in the comments section of this feed. And if you're not comfortable having your prayer requests posted publicly, you can send a personal message to one of the, our prayer team members, or I think Mackenzie is going to share uh, a form that you can fill out and just send in with your prayer request. And this prayer request is going to be open, is available 24-7. You can always go on our site, click on prayer, and send that, and somebody will actively pray for you. So make your prayer requests known. And let's take this time to pray with each other and for each other. And if you have a prayer of gratitude, you can post that there. Thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. So let's pray. <clears throat> 